This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mahachek. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I want to say a quick thank you to those who have left reviews on iTunes. I absolutely adore you and I really appreciate that. That helps to get the podcast seen and heard by other people who may not know of it and maybe just stumble upon it because it pops up in their algorithm on their uh in their Apple podcast. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. It's super helpful for other people to be able to find it. And I want to talk today quickly. What we're going to be talking about is B vitamins. Now, if you're thinking like, who the heck cares about B vitamins? Well, you should because of a bunch of reasons that we're going to talk about today. B vitamins is one of those things that I think most people are familiar with. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know there's a bunch of B vitamins. They're usually in supplements or I, I, I get it, whatever. B complex, I get it, all that. But do you really know the importance of B vitamins? Do you really understand what each B vitamin does? There are eight B vitamins and each one is equally as important as the others. Some have a very, very specific task that they do, and some kind of help others. So they're all very, very important, and we're going to get into each and every one. I won't go into a super long, you know, monologue over every single one that would take forever, but I want to give you kind of the understanding of what each B vitamin does. That way, if you ever have questions or if you are ever told in the future that you have a deficiency in one of these B vitamins, you can come back to this episode and you can be like, oh, that's what that does. That's why I feel this way. Okay. And my goal is to have you understand a little bit more about sources through food of where some of these B vitamins come from. Of course, you can always take a supplement. But as I will get into with specific B vitamins, the, the form that is in the supplements are not always well absorbed. So my goal is to always have you get it through food, but... There's, there's certain needs for certain supplements at certain times. I get it. All right, let's dive in a little bit to what in the world a B vitamin is. So the B vitamins, you know, you've heard of like vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B, vitamin B. There are, like I said, about eight different B vitamins. They are split up into B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B7, B9, B12. And no, you don't have to memorize these. And no, you don't have to remember what each one is called. But again, this will be a reference for you if you ever need to come back to it and learn a specific B vitamin. So the B vitamins are what's called a water-soluble vitamin. And they are super, super necessary to do a variety of essential tasks in the body. Now, a a water-soluble vitamin is different than a fat-soluble vitamin. So the fat-soluble vitamins are vitamins A, D, E, and K. Those ones need a source of fat or some sort of fatty acid to help them get into a cell. Now, B vitamins or other water-soluble vitamins, you know, our body is primarily water. So they have no problem going through different barriers and different things, and they, they don't exactly need 
a lot of extra help when it comes to getting where they need to go. They are also, because they're B vitamins, they can also be flushed out of the body rather quickly. So when you're talking about people who are, you know, if you have chronic diarrhea, if you have, um, if you're excessively sweating, um, if you go pee a lot, you know, those are all the ways that, that water soluble vitamins can be flushed from the body. Um, so it's something to think about if you have some of those conditions or if you're on a medication that, that causes you to either have diarrhea or go to the bathroom a lot or whatever. Um, it's always something to pay attention to to make sure you're getting enough sources of B vitamins to help replenish you. Now, B vitamins, um, certain ones are damaged during the cooking process of foods. I'll go over which ones aren't, but um, it's not a huge deal. I wouldn't worry about it too much, but just make sure that you are getting sources of raw, like raw foods and fruits and vegetables to help uh, allow for that. Like don't be overly cooking everything if you can um, to, to help get you enough of the B vitamins. So B vitamins are naturally occurring in food and they're needed in a small amount. They are what's called a micronutrient. So you have your macronutrients, which everyone's probably familiar with. I gotta eat my macros. You know, that's like the protein, the carbs and the fat. The micronutrients are all the other vitamins. So vitamin, the B vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin C, all of the other ones you need in a smaller amount. So micro amount. Um, and you'll notice this on a food label or in a supplement or whatever, when these vitamins are uh, labeled with milligrams or sometimes there's like the funky like international units or micrograms or whatever. But you'll notice macronutrients like proteins, fats, and carbs are listed in grams. You'll see like 30 grams of carbs versus vitamin like B1, you'll see, you know, 10 milligrams, if that makes sense. So you need them in a smaller amount. So vitamin B vitamins do not provide a source of fuel for energy, but they are the keys to unlocking the fuel from other nutrients. So if you didn't get enough of all the B vitamins, you would lack some energy because your body's unable to use the macronutrients without the use of the B vitamins. They are in charge of a lot of different enzymatic reactions and they are kind of what's called a cofactor in many different metabolic activities. So let's dive in. So vitamin B1 is also known as thiamine. You may have heard of that. Maybe you've heard of either or. And, and a lot of times in the nutrition industry, they will kind of float back and forth by calling something thiamine or a thiamine deficiency when really what they're saying is it's a B1 deficiency. Um, sources of, a th of thiamine or B1 would be whole grains. So those people who are maybe going gluten-free or if you have uh, trouble processing grains, that's the significant source of B1. So you want to make sure you're getting it from other sources. So other sources would be um, sesame seeds or other different types of seeds, um, legumes like beans or peas or lentils, uh, wheat germ, yeast, pork, nuts. So a lot of different ways that you can get B1. And I'm not going to go into, you know, how many, how many milligrams each person needs because everyone's a little bit different. Um, but as long as you're getting a couple of those sources, you're most likely fine. Thiamine, a, def a deficiency in B1 or, or thiamine is um, relatively rare. But if you excessively drink alcohol, 
alcohol actually uh, uses up a lot of B1 or thiamine. So if you are an excessive drinker and you have a poor diet, then you could be lacking in it. And so some of the symptoms you would look for would be, uh, these are super universal, but um, confusion, irritability, feeling fatigued, muscle weakness, uh, lack of coordination, um, you know, there's kind of commonly known syndromes of vit vitamin B1 deficiency it would be uh, beriberi, which is, um, we don't see it all that much, but you get like nervous system issues, cardiovascular issues, uh, muscular skeletal GI issues. Um, and then there's also the Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, which is essentially like your brain is turning to mush. <laughs> so it's, it's very much alcohol induced. And it causes gut irritations and um, it causes excessive excretion of B1 through the kidneys. So I, it, again, if you're, if you're don't kind of fall under that, but maybe you just need to get a little bit more, you know, grains or nuts or seeds or whatever in your diet, that's a reason to do so. All right. Vitamin B2 is called riboflavin. So you might have heard of either one. And this one is involved with a lot, of, a lot to do with your vision and skin, but it's also one of the, the things that are involved with energy production. Good sources of riboflavin would be dairy. So if you are one that does not tolerate dairy products like yogurt or cottage cheese very often, that's okay. You can also get it from grains. But if, again, you're not doing grains, then you just go down the list. Let's look at egg whites. Let's look at um, kidney or liver if you're an organ meat eater, um, different meats specifically. So if you happen to be a vegetarian, this is one of the vitamins that is also important for you because it is commonly found in meat products and animal products, egg whites, uh, but leafy green veggies are also a really good source of that. So if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, making sure that you're definitely getting a couple of servings of leafy greens every day. Um, you'd actually be surprised how many vegetarians I talk to who don't eat a lot of vegetables. So anyways, side note, um, deficiencies is, is not all that common, honestly. Um, but again, if you happen to be vegan and if you are um, kind of, or if you're limited on some of your food abilities to eat and tolerate certain foods, then that might be something to definitely pay attention to and, and get as many sources as you can of the foods that you tolerate. All right, vitamin B3 is also called niacin. Niacin is important for um, specifically the conversion of carbohydrates and fats into energy. It helps your skin and it helps your digestive system and it also helps your nervous system and different interactions with neurotransmitters. Um, and it's, it's one of the ones that are not as effective by cooking your food. So you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, high heat cooking, de um, degrading the B uh, B3 in different foods. Um, different sources would be meats and fish. Um, again, if you happen to be vegan or, or vegetarian, you can get also get it from mushrooms. You can also get it from nuts or whole grains. Um, so there's, there's options for everybody. Uh, also big with eggs and like I said, dairy products and um, foods that contain like the whole protein source. So like uh, quinoa um, is complete protein. Um, deficiencies in niacin, again, it's very much because you think of alcohol and you think of excessive alcohol drinking, that causes you to go to the bathroom a lot and you can deplete some of these B vitamins very, uh, very quickly. 
with simply that, but also it uses up the supplies of B3 as you're excessively drinking. Or, you know, a lot of times um, for alcoholics, they don't have the best diet, as you can imagine. So they're also not getting sources of some of these key B vitamins and they're depleting their body as they're excessively drinking. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there where they're depleting it and they're not getting enough to restore it. So it can also cause like digestive issues when it's not absorbed or, and then it's not absorbed properly. Um, but it's, it's also kind of referred to when there's a deficiency, it's called pellagra and it's known as the three D's where it's considered if you have diarrhea, dermatitis, and you can also have dementia like symptoms when you are suffering from a niacin or B3 deficiency. This is one if you get too much, I've, I've had this happen where there might be too much of B3 in say like a, a supplement or um, an energy drink. They tend to have a lot of, of B vitamins kind of artificially thrown in there. I've had it where I had a pre-workout um, drink that I was having before a long run and I would get like itching around my mouth. You also can get flushing or nausea um, and excessive, excessive niacin intake would, can potentially cause liver damage as well. Um, so just something to, to take note of that can cause some of those flushing and kind of itchiness around like your face if you're um, having a product that has too much of the niacin or might just be a too high of a dose for you. So you could, you know, titrate up and kind of get more used to it as you go. All right, moving on. Vitamin B5 is called pantothenic acid or B5, like I said, and it's another one that's needed to help metabolize or break down carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So the macros. It's also useful in red blood cells and um, hormone production. And good sources would be, again, the organ meats like liver or kidney, um, other meats in general, milk products, dairy products, eggs. Um, but again, if you're vegetarian or vegan, you can get it from yeast or peanuts or legumes. So there's, there's, it's a rarity to have a B5 deficiency, but it's definitely an important one to get in your diet. All right, moving on to vitamin B6 is also called pyridoxine. And this is important for protein and carbohydrate metabolism. And it also helps with red blood cell and, and different neurotransmitter production. It is one that is needed most. It's a cofactor for breaking down and utilizing things like folate, so other B vitamins. And um, if you ever look at some, and you probably don't, but I have looked at a lot of different pathways that are, are uh, drawn out for different metabolic reactions, B6 is almost always in every single one. It's a cofactor for so many enzymatic and metabolic reactions within the body. It's super important to get. So different sources of B6 would be uh, grains, legumes, green and leafy vegetables, um, different meats like fish and poultry, and then uh, fruit, and then nuts and seeds, of course, as well. A deficiency, again, it's pretty rare, but if, you're, if you drink excessive alcohol, or for some women who are on a birth control pill, that can deplete your body of the B6 as well. So if you happen to be on one, I would just say you don't have to go off of your medication, talk to your doctor, of course, but just make sure you're getting a good amount of those types of sources of B6 so that you are not suffering with other, um, you don't, you have enough to do some of the cofactors and, and enzymatic reactions that your body needs. 
Also, uh, people with thyroid disease can have a, a deficiency in B6. So making sure, again, that you're getting enough. And if supplementation is needed, that uh, you can always talk with your doctor to make sure it's not counterintuitive to some of the medications that you're on or counter counterinteractive with them. All right, moving on to biotin, which is number number seven. <laughs> Vitamin B7 is also known as biotin, and it is definitely important in energy metabolism, creation of different fat molecules, amino acid metabolism, glycogen creation, and it's important. I think a lot of people kind of know it as like a skin, hair, and nails. That's usually if you take a skin, hair, nail supplement, the biotin is in there. And it can um, be very, very important for a lot of uh, that type of tissue synthesis or creation. So good sources of biotin naturally in foods would be, again, in, in organ meats like liver, also found in the yolk of the egg. <laughs> this drives me nuts when people are like, I had an egg white omelet. It's like, well, you missed out on all the biotin. That's like the most important part. So it's super high in egg yolk. So again, if you... If you're eating an egg, eat the whole egg. And this is just an aside, but eat the whole egg. It's okay. I know we're all afraid of cholesterol and all of that, but you don't need to be as afraid as, as you th might think you do. So it's kind of old school nutrition when everyone's afraid of egg yolks. Egg yolks are fine. They, they truly are. Now, I wouldn't have like a dozen a day, but it, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, if you don't have the yolk of the egg, you're missing out on key things like choline and egg yolk, or I'm sorry, and biotin. So make sure you get in the yolk of the egg. Anyways, um, chicken's also a good source, mushrooms, peanuts. So um, very, very important to get. A deficiency, again, is pretty rare, but honestly, what's, what's interesting is if you over consume raw egg whites, which maybe people aren't doing that as much, but you know, you've seen those like boxer movies like Rocky or whatever, when he's cracking eggs into a blender and then just drinking it, you know, that can actually cause a deficiency in, in biotin because the egg, the raw egg whites can induce that deficiency because of the protein that are in the egg whites um, prevents the absorption of the biotin, which is kind of, kind of interesting that that's why they took it. But anyways, um, so moving on to vitamin B9, or this is also called folate. So you're probably pretty familiar with folate. Folate is also called folic acid. Folic acid is the synthetic or created in a lab version of folate. Folate is what is found in food. Folic acid is what is made in a lab found in supplements. So a little bit different. And I don't want to get into a whole conversation around genetics, but certain people have a genetic, what's called um, abnormality or SNP, that prevents them from being able to absorb folic acid properly because it has to go through all these different pathways in the body multiple times before it's actually absorbed. B6 and folate are actually really important together, but again, I won't, I, I won't bore you with all the, the pathway details, but um, folate is needed for red blood cells, iron uh, absorption, oxygen, uh, carrying oxygen around the body through the red blood cells, Super important with fetal development and especially nervous system development and helps with uh, DNA synthesis and cell growth. And women, especially of the childbearing age, which I hate that term, but whatever, uh, they need a diet rich in folate for, for those specific reasons. Because a lot of times, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, you find out you're pregnant and it's already... The, the fetus already should have had enough folate. And if you're not paying attention to the amount of folate that you're getting, it's easy to not get enough, which of course can then put the fetus at risk for some of those, uh, you know, 
nervous system issues and developmental issues. So good sources of folate are the dark leafy greens, different legumes, so beans, uh, peas, uh, lentils, all that, seeds, um, liver, eggs, citrus fruit, turkey, different cereal grains, although those are more processed, and a lot of times folic acid is supplemented into cereals. So uh, again, I prefer people get more of the folate uh, naturally through foods. There actually is the ability to get an excessive folic acid intake, not folate, but folic acid intake. And, and a lot of times I'll see this in people who have a diet that's high in processed foods because processed foods almost always have folic acid added to them. And again, that's the synthetic form. And what happens is folic acid in excess amounts can actually mask a vitamin B12 deficiency. We'll, we'll go over B12 next, but it can mask that type of deficiency and it can create uh, irritability. It can create intestinal issues like uh, diarrhea or even constipation. And it can cause fatigue and tiredness because of the fact that there might be an, a an anemic or a B12 deficiency and it's being masked by the folic acid because folic acid can actually block the production and the uh, utilization of B12, um, which is super important for iron production. So excessive folic acid intake. So, so tech, take a look at your diet right now because the standard American diet is highly processed, lots of uh, grain-based products like cereals and breads and bagels and all that, which has added folic acid to it. Also things like granola bars, you know, those types of things that we all kind of grab and go and snack on or whatever. So they, your, your intake of folic acid may be high. Now, let's say you're also taking a supplement like a multivitamin or even a B-complex. You have to look at the source of folate in there or B9. So look, look at it. Most of the time, it can be folic acid. So if you're already getting an excessive amount in a processed standard American diet, and then you're getting it in a supplement too, it can cause fatigue. It can cause some of these other symptoms that we just talked about. So you want to look for the form of folate called uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate or MTHF or methylfolate, MTHF. So look on the supplement under where it lists the form of folate or B9, and you don't want it to say folic acid. You want it to say methylfolate or tetramethylhydrofolate. So um, anyways, so that's something to definitely look at. And the form of methylfolate or tetramethylhydrofolate is actually better. So if you don't know your genetics, I'm not saying you have to go out and get a genetic test, but there are definitely some people who cannot uh, properly what's called methylate or use um, the form of folate because of a genetic defect or genetic SNP. And it's pro you're probably pretty familiar, it's called the MTHFR SNP, but um, that's even more important that you don't want to get folic acid if you have that, uh, that specific SNP. So if you don't know if you have it or not, it's probably better that you get the MTHF or the methylfolate form so that no matter what, you're more likely or more susceptible to use it. All right. And finally, vitamin B12, also known as cobalamin. So cobalamin helps with energy production, helps with nerve cells, uh, mental focus, huge with red blood cell formation and breaking down some different fatty acids and amino acids to produce energy. 
Uh, it has a super close relationship with folate because they both work hand in hand with red blood cell production, but they have to be in the right forms. So different or really good sources of B12, again, would be meat, dairy products, eggs, um, and also most anything from animal origin. So again, this is a, a key vitamin for vegans and vegetarians to get because it's it's primarily found in animal products and it's super important that everyone gets enough of it. So if you're getting, uh, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you're good with having nutritional yeast, that is a great source of B12. So making sure you get that. Or if you need to supplement because specifically for this, then uh, that would be a good thing to supplement. But again, you want to get the right form of it that is better used. So if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, or if you're trying to get more of the B12 because you have a deficiency, then what you want to look for in supplement form, you'll see it a lot as cyanocobalamin. So cobalamin, again, is B12. That is the, the scientific name for that vitamin. Now, there's different prenames to it. So you'll have cyanocobalamin, you'll have adenosine cobalamin, you'll have hydroxycobalamin, you'll have methylcobalamin. So you can see any one of those on a supplement label. Cyano, it's spelled C-Y-A-N-O, is the one you definitely don't probably want to get. Um, you'll see this one a lot. It's in a lot of inexpensive vitamins. It's a very inexpensive form of B12 that a lot of manufacturers will put in there so that they can claim that they put B12 in the vitamin. But when it, the body breaks it down, it punches out that, that cobalamin ring, and now you're left with cyanide molecules attached to that. So I haven't seen a ton of research on the... Um, any possible side effects of having that, but having cyanide molecules in your body does not sound like a good thing to me in any way, shape, or form. So there are other forms and other ways to get cobalamin in without exposing your body to cyanide as well. So uh, again, adenosine cobalamin, methylcobalamin, or hydroxycobalamin are all really good sources, and you will find those in other B complexes or B12 forms. You just have to look, and usually they're on the more of the um, high quality brand vitamins that you'll see that on. So just something to look for, especially like if you're um, B12 deficient or if you, uh, and there are lab values to look for. If you think that you might be B12 deficient, you can get a general lab panel done. And um, I, I'm happy to go over that with you because there are ways that you can tell if you're more likely to be B12 deficient by looking at some of your labs. All right, I hope that was helpful. Uh, it's just a quick once over around B vitamins because it's something that, uh, you know, we all hear about B vitamins a lot, but you don't really probably know, like, well, why should I really care about them? But that's why. They're really important for different tissue development, different uh, DNA synthesis, cell formation, energy uh, creation. And if you're feeling things like fatigue or if you um, are having some nerve issues or if you're having some side effects like that, then take a look at the B, B12 sources that you have, or B12, take a look at the B vitamin sources that you have in your diet and see, are you getting enough? So primarily think of nuts and seeds and meat products, or if you're vegetarian or vegan, make sure you're getting a lot of the dark leafies, different seeds, different grains if you tolerate grains. And if you are needing to get a supplement, then make sure you're getting them in the right forms and the, one, the forms that are most uh, usable and valuable to you. 
any questions, as always, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer questions or you can set up a free consultation and we can go over more specifically if you have concerns about your diet and that if you're getting enough of key nutrients such as B vitamins, we can discuss if working together would be a good fit for you and I. So go ahead and reach out and set up a free consultation and as always, thank you again for those who have been leaving reviews and um, going onto iTunes and leaving comments. I really appreciate that. I read them all and I really, really love uh, seeing how uh, the feedback from this show and how it's uh, impacting you. So I appreciate that. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.